And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York. Hi, Dan. Well, Pastor Vance, it's great to have you here in the studio with us again this Saturday. And um, on our agenda today is quite an interesting subject. And I want to segue into this subject by referring quickly to a news story that had come up uh, really back in the August time frame, and that is concerning the murder of Christian aid workers in Afghanistan. Um, There were um, these people who were over in Afghanistan providing medical care to villagers and I know we can get into the, some of the details of this later on. But uh, they were killed, and uh, I believe there was ten of them. Um, and this is just so very sad. But, you know, this is um, one of, of many, almost, I want to say, countless um, persecutions worldwide that occur even every Every year, not just every year, but every month, every week, every day. Every hour. Every hour, even, to Christians. And so that's our subject today, is uh, Christian persecution around the world. Um, Before we open the mic, you mentioned to me that sometimes on a Sunday evening, um, when you have your worship service, you will take some time in the service to pray and remember the persecuted church. Yes. Um, We uh, focus on a country where there's persecution in particular. Mm. Uh, there are about 50 countries that we keep statistics on, not not our church, but I'm talking about uh, human rights organizations mm. that have an interest in Christian uh, human rights. Uh, not all human rights organizations are interested in the persecution of Christians, mm. but there are some, and they keep statistics, and there are about 50 countries uh, where there is persecution to the degree that we can say that it ranges from well, severe um, uh, to uh, uh, some limitations and problems for people who are Christians. Right, right. In some cases, it might just be denying them the privilege of building a church, but in other cases, they they pay for their faith with their blood. It can be from from being murdered, that's right, Mm. to not being able to repair their roof because the government won't give them Mm. that kind of uh, permission because they're trying to discourage the faith Mm -hmm. of those who follow Christianity. There was one statistic, and I I can't vouch for this, but I came across it on the web. Um, It was saying that since the death and resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago, that their estimate was 43 million Christians have become martyrs. Well, that's that's an amazing figure. I I would say two things about that. you had mentioned that off air, and I thought just a bit about it. Uh, one is, I don't know how you come up with that figure. There are statisticians that can do amazing things, but I would say it's low, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in uh, in our world today. What is happening? Mm. Uh, it, it is astounding what is taking place, and we don't read a word of it hardly in our own Western media. Yeah, you know what amazed me was uh, in prepping for this talk today. Um, I just started looking around on the Internet, and one story leads to another story. There are 
accounts worldwide of Christians being killed or beaten or or terrible bias against them. And it's almost like we hear nothing about this in the news 6 o'clock at night if you check the news. Outside of Christian circles, you don't hear it. Now, there was one very righteous Jewish editor. Abe Rosenthal of the New York Times years ago used to keep up with this. Hmm. And he was the one who actually brought it to my attention first about the persecution of Christians around mm-hmm. the world. And he used to write editorials talking about, you know, his own people. We, we yes. the Jewish people, you keep track of it. But what is what is never kept track of is the amount of persecution that Christians mm. worldwide are suffering. Mm. We opened by referring briefly to the account fairly recently in Afghanistan. And uh, here's just a little more information about that particular persecution that took place. Um, These team members were killed by gunmen as they were returning from an eye care mission to Afghans in a remote area of this particular province. And the mission was the latest expression of their commitment to and love for the Afghan people. And this is really brought closer to home because I believe you mentioned one of their names. Yeah, Dr. Little, an ophthalmologist, is from upstate New York. And in fact, he is supported by First Presbyterian Church of Schenectady, a very mission-minded church. Mm. Um, and, and he's been there for years. His wife, in fact, Libby Little, was in the church uh, giving her own testimony of her faith in Christ and mm. what took place. It's been very devastating. Mm. Nonetheless, they've been there for uh, many, many, many years. It wasn't something they just recently did. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, he's being buried in Kabul. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he considered to be actually his home mm-hmm. since he had been there so many years. But they were stalked for about a week oh, by dear. the Taliban. Yeah, that's what this article uh, makes mention of, is the Taliban was responsible for their murders. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, a, this is a dangerous world to live in. Um, the Bible speaks of the cost, the price that Christians may have to pay for believing in Christ. This sort of thing has happened over the centuries, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Um, uh, persecution uh, of Christians uh, has been fairly universal uh, from the beginning. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first three centuries, we know a good deal about that period mm. of persecution, and uh, I think it was Tertullian church father who who uh, talked about the persecution during his time, and he even said that it didn't discourage Christians, it in fact spurred them on, mm-hmm. and he used this phrase, the, the uh, blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. <laughs> so that faithful witness inspired others to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Years ago, not that long ago, but um, our son Stephen was born. And uh, in the back, at least, of my mind, um, as we chose his name, we didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl, mind you. <laughs> so when the, when, the, when the child is born, the doctor says, oh, it's a boy, what's his name? And right away we had his name. So Stephen, uh, in the back of our minds, was, was the account in, in the book of Acts um, that this faithful man of God was, was, was used of God to preach the gospel powerfully and so much so that his hearers would um, storm upon him and kill him. 
but he would stay steadfast in the faith. And I was thinking, right after the break, we'll return and perhaps we could review that portion of Scripture of one of these early accounts of a man of God laying down his life for the gospel. Today we're talking about Christian persecution around the world here on A Plain Answer. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Greater things are yet to be, but not without a greater price. The glory of the Lord will come and cover all the earth. And nations, they will come and seek who is this one, the Prince of Peace, the Great I Am, Emmanuel. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, Dr. John Vance, Senior Pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. I'm glad to be here, Dan, and to be with your audience. You know, right before we took the break, uh, we were alluding to the passage in the book of Acts where Stephen is martyred for the Christian faith. And I'm wondering if you could share some of that with us. Well, it's it's a, a passage. He's actually the first Christian martyr. Uh, there were martyrs before uh, Stephen in the Maccabean period of Jewish history, um, and uh, you may know some of that. Uh, but Stephen was actually the first Christian martyr. And the word martyr is an interesting word. It, it comes from the Greek word martyrios, which means to bear witness to. And mm. it is through... Uh, bearing witness to Christ, even unto death, that one would be counted a martyr, where mm-hmm. the person's life is taken from them because they are Christians. Now, I, I would say before I just look at the passage for a moment that martyrdom in Christianity must not be confused what it is in some other uh, well-known religions. Uh, martyrdom in Christianity uh, means that the person is, in fact, 
passive witnessing to the gospel of Jesus Christ and their life is taken from them. But in other conceptions and often confused with Christian martyrdom, let's say, for instance, in Islam, uh, if you actually join the cause and in holy war you are killed, you're considered a martyr. Or mm. you blow up, at least among the radicals, you blow up a building, you're considered a martyr. No, this is a different conception in Christianity. It is witnessing to Jesus Christ, and you're not a threat to anyone, Yes, except maybe with your message. Glad you brought that up. That is a good and important distinction. So here is uh, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen, uh, Stephen was stoned, of course, and uh, he was stoned following a very dynamic and marvelous sermon that he preached. I, I would challenge people to go back and read mm-hmm. how, uh, how substantial that sermon is, recounting the history of Israel and finally them pointing to Jesus. And it angered the crowd so much, the leaders, that they rushed him and stoned him to death. And as they stoned Stephen, the Bible says, uh, he was calling on God and saying, mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ, receive my spirit. Mm. No doubt he remembers Jesus' crucifixion here and is um, uh, following his example in giving up his life. And it says, then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Mm. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Imagine praying for your murderers, that prayer. Not trying to kill them. No. Praying for them. It's, um, sometimes I think I know why the Lord put me here in this in this nation, because I'm too soft. I'm too weak. <laughs> I, I admire and, and esteem these Christian men oh, and yes. women mm-hmm. who stand up for Jesus Christ. And like you say, passively, they're martyrs. They simply witness to Christ and other people kill them. Um, Stephen, in this passage where you shared, there were a couple other things that that struck me, too. And that was um, his hearers, it says, they were cut to the heart. And clearly the Holy Spirit was was using that preached sermon of Stephen to convict them of their ways. Um, And Stephen himself is full of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, God allows him something that he doesn't typically allow us. Uh, he, he says that he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing mm. at the right hand of God. And I think um, typically the picture of Jesus in heaven is that he rules from his heavenly throne seated mm-hmm. at the right hand of God. So I wonder if there is something hinted at here of significance. There may be. Uh, uh it's almost as if he's ready to receive his <laughs> prized one who has been faithful unto oh death. Yeah. There's a certain, um, should I say, dignity in being first. He is the first mm-hmm. martyr, mm-hmm. and he ought to be uh, remembered. In fact, he is in Scripture that we might remember his example. Mm. And to think that as he as he dies, as he's being murdered, he, he prays to God, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And like you pointed out, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Mm-hmm. He acknowledged it was a sin. Yes, Murder is a sin. But... Um, he didn't harbor hate in his heart toward his murderers. Think of the um, so-called, quote, martyrs uh, that flew their planes into the World Trade Center and the oh, Pentagon yeah. and oh, died yeah. in the field in Pennsylvania. Uh, that's, by Christian standards, not martyrdom at all. It's no. just outright uh, murder 
Oh, that's all um, it is. And um, it's not to be equated with the Christian understanding of martyrdom at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we said, uh, today we're talking about persecution in the Christian church worldwide. So far we've uh, quickly mentioned the uh, the uh, heartless murder that took place in Afghanistan back in August of 10 Christian aid workers, and one of them struck rather close to home, mm-hmm. and uh, that was Dr. Little. There was uh, an article... They're all over the place. I, I couldn't believe it. I, now, you've been following this, John. But, um, you know, I, just just some headlines. Um, two more Christians expelled from Morocco. <laughs> um, vigilantes vow to stop Christianization of Indonesia. Now, of course, in Indonesia, um, that that's a land where uh, the Muslim faith has an extremely strong hold. Uh, nearly uh, 80% of the people are mm-hmm. uh, Muslims, but they are persecuting the Christians there at an increasing um, uh, rate, uh, and uh, they forced many Christians uh, out of Jakarta and other places. And there mm-hmm. are islands, you know, Indonesia is made up of a lot of islands. There are islands that are wholly Christian. My daughter visited there for a health organization, and she could tell a great deal of difference mm. between uh, an island that was Christian and an island that was not. Yeah. But yeah. nonetheless, they were all uh, prepared, uh, the Christians were, uh, to to try to repel, and this was the government's, you know, mm. to repel the persecution. You just don't give up mm-hmm. uh, your women and children to the persecutor. So they did have some of their own defense, but they were being attacked constantly. Yeah. Now, this article that we found um, actually occurred just last month, uh, September the 23rd, and it says this, um, a heated debate accompanied by a surge of violence hit Indonesia last week after a congregation of Christians announced its intentions to build a church in the city of Bekasi. And right away I think, that's an interesting way to handle it compared to the way our folks here in America handles Mm -hmm. Um, the desire to build a mosque on Ground Zero, where 3,000 of our people perished. And the article continues, as calls to stop the Islamization of America resonated in the United States in protest to building an Islamic center near Ground Zero. Similar initiatives were launched to stop the Christianization, the world's most populous Muslim country. So um, it's kind of interesting how this world has become seemingly smaller because of communication, the internet and radio and TV, people know of news uh, much more rapidly in various parts of the world. But what struck me was how the other religion will act in the presence of evangelization going on, and it's often in terms of this persecution. In an open market of ideas, Christianity has nothing to fear from anyone. So we are not uh, afraid... Uh, to to uh, put this uh, wonderful good news up against any message that the world might offer. Yeah. Uh, and so we're not afraid of freedom, but there are religions that are fearful of being penetrated by the gospel, and it does have mm-hmm. its own power. I think that yes. the power of the gospel at, uh, will invite persecution, mm-hmm. uh, just as it did in Stephen's case. They were cut to their hearts. Yes, It, it produces conviction. But Mm -hmm. I have a list of uh, 50 countries that we've been working on in Sunday evening. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it has uh, a list here. Uh, this is produced by World Watch, which is uh, related to the Open Door Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have listed the countries that are uh, responsible for the most amount of persecution. And a Muslim country does not have the list. Hmm. It happens to be North Korea. Now, that's interesting. It is a closed society, and it persecutes all religions. Uh, but since most of the people uh, there historically have uh, been Christians, that is, in that part of the world, mm-hmm. uh, the Christian church has been persecuted tremendously, and and uh, they were uh, driven south into South Korea. And South Korea, of course, is a very vibrant Christian country, about half Buddhist, half Christian. I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's what I thought. It was that there's, there's many brothers and sisters in the Lord there in South Korea. Uh, they're sending out missions to, even to America. Well, we need it. <laughs> right now in our history, we need it. And and um, I think 17 of their aid workers were martyred in Afghanistan a few uh, years back. Uh, young you, you women. Just, you young just women. hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. So North Korea, North Korea tops the list. Tops the list. <laughs> oh, my. And it hardly has a close second. Uh, hmm. uh, if, if we were to... To rate it on a scale of, let's say, 100, mm-hmm. it's about 90.5, according to this. And the next country is Saudi Arabia, which is about 67% on this scale. Oh. So North Korea clearly claims the number one spot as the greatest persecutor of Christians. I'm glad you brought that up. I really wasn't aware of it. You know, Saudi Arabia, I'm not too surprised. Well, in Saudi Arabia, but- for instance, you can't uh, out... You can practice Christianity behind closed doors, but you can't carry a Bible in public. You can't wear a cross. You can wear no religious garb. You can give no indication uh, that you are a Christian. You have to go underground to worship. That's right. And that's why several uh, shows ago you were explaining the difference between freedom of worship versus religious freedom Mm -hmm. and how those distinctions are so very important. Uh, in fact, uh, a, a uh, non-Muslim cannot even go into the city of Mecca. Mm. It's illegal. It's holy mm. ground. And so mm. not just in the mosque, the great mosque there, the grand mosque, what it's mm-hmm. called. We're talking about the whole city, a large city. Somebody said, uh, we'll let you build a mosque on Ground Zero if, we'll let, if you guys let us build a Christian church in Mecca. Well, how about just... Let us enter into Mecca. Just walk the streets. <laughs> walk the can streets. you imagine what what a what a what a difference? Huh? Well, thank the Lord that there's still the effect seen of the freedom that Christianity brings to a land, and we we see that here in America. Yet, um, I'm very guilty. I'm not praying for these people like I should. How might somebody who's interested in this topic uh, pursue it a little more? Maybe a website and um, participate in in praying for our brothers and sisters around the world who are dying and and, and being persecuted. You know, Freedom House is um, an organization that people can turn to to find information on religious freedom. Hmm. Freedom House. Yes, Freedom House. It's um, a a well-respected, well-known organization. And they're considered kind of the gold standard in the field. That's helpful, because right away, you go to the web and you get lost. There's so many links in everything. Mm -hmm. So so just Google. Do a Google on Freedom House. And the Pew Foundation also has a website, and it not only tracks a number of 
people in each religion and things like that, but they also talk about religious freedom as well. Mm. Mm. And uh, between those two websites, which are not particularly Christian at all, yeah. uh, you will find a great deal of reliable information, but their their findings seem to never really find their way into public mm. uh, mainstream media. So you almost ha- are forced to go to the websites, yeah. uh, various um, uh, places uh, on on the web to find out what's going on, because there is absolutely and and I have n- no way to explain this, but there's absolutely no interest in bringing this to attention to the attention of the of the no, uh, American no. people, none whatsoever. So, um, thank you for sharing all of this. Um, I see we're at the end of our broadcast today here on a plain answer. Today we've been talking about Christian persecution around the world. Just uh, one last tidbit. Pastor Vance, and that is uh, a rough estimate. Um, every day, uh, people, Christians, are killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. Every day. Is there any statistic saying about how many per day are losing their lives for the gospel of Christ? You know, that would be very difficult uh, to to uh, come up with a figure, uh, but uh, there, there must be hundreds of Mm-hmm. Uh, of people who mm-hmm. are losing their lives, hundreds and thousands every week. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't really know, of mm-hmm. course, but when you consider the number of countries, I have 50 here, mm-hmm. where, uh, and you consider the the attacks upon Christians, for instance, in Nigeria. In Egypt, you can't even build a church or repair your roof. The Coptic church is being persecuted mm-hmm. day and night there. They can't even hold prayer meetings uh, in some places without being attacked. So I really don't know, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, it has to be staggering. I, yeah. I, I would think it has to be staggering. Even if it was on the order of 300 Christians per day losing their lives? That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, we could say safely in the course of this broadcast, probably seven Christians have lost their lives for Jesus Christ uh, during the time of this broadcast. Mm-hmm. With that, I see we're well out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. Reminder to check this broadcast on our website. We post it there at RedeemerBroadcasting.org and link it to iTunes. For Redeemer Broadcasting and A Plain Answer, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today has been Dr. John Vance. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Those who boldly come around the throne, sing the elders' song.